Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt Bernard. Nick, I know, is in Europe, so he will not be on. I have no idea where our daughter Alex is, but she just sent me a text, so I'll Maybe find out. Maybe she's in Europe, Europe. too. <laughs> she might be in Europe. You never <laughs> she know. She might have left yesterday. She's in Yugoslavia. We'll find out and be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. Belting it out. That's all I know. Belt. Yes. Belting. Is Robin ready to go? Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Robin Lucas. How are you, Robin? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Marvelous, thank you. Paper doll. Is it Lina or Lena? Alina, paper doll Lena. I wanted to make sure, because it's spelled L I N A, right? Yes, L I N A. Paper doll Lena, a novel. It's a devastating but common issue, domestic abuse. It's so interesting that uh, that this came up because I do a morning show in town as well, and uh, 
<clears throat> we just did a story about a guy. They can't find him, his wife, or their three children. Oh, God. Uh, oh, no. The guy just got out of jail for domestic abuse, and now the entire family's missing, Robin. Oh, God. This happens all the time, <clears throat> unfortunately. It happens too often. Yeah. I, uh, Robin, I got very lucky in my life because my mother and father, uh, there was none of that going on. I think, from what I understand, before I was born, my, my father tried to get tough with my mother and got his ass handed to him. So that was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my wife and our two children are here, uh, Catherine, my wife, and Andy, our son, and Alex, our daughter. Hello. And they're all here to tell you that that was not going to happen in my house. I can promise you that. <laughs> Um, well, that is a really great thing. Is there anything that drives, uh, drives this, Robin? Why do men, I don't understand men who attack people who can't fight back. It makes no sense to me. Well, here's the thing about uh, intimate partner violence. One in four women, one in seven men, and four in seven trans people will face some sort of intimate partner violence within their lifetime. Really? So it's just not men attacking women. Um, women, you know, they, they do the, they can be perpetrators as well. Um, so it, it, abuse boils down to power and control. Right. It's right. when another person tries to have the power and control over another person. Um, and unfortunately it happens just all too often. It happens way more than it should. Um, and, you know, we need to speak out about it, and we need to, to stop it. I agree with that completely. By the way, on a typical day, this is according to Robin Lucas, uh, Paper Doll Lena, a novel is the name of the book. Uh, on a typical day, domestic violence hotlines nationwide receive 20,000 calls. My yeah. God. I don't know. Yeah, and that number has only increased since, uh, since COVID quarantine. Oh, because everybody's locked down. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's increased astronomically um, in the UK um, and across the the world. I mean, frankly, probably not unrelated to the skyrocketing drug use that's huh? been going probably. on over the past year. Yeah, drugs and uh, you know financial stress, mm -hmm. close proximity with each other, you know, always around the the person, that sort of thing. You know, Robin, I'm very proud of this fact, and I was not the leader of the pack or anything like that. But when I was a young teenager, so I'm 13, 14 years old, I hung around with the same bunch of guys that I'd been going to school with for, for years. And if we heard that anybody even threatened their grandmother, their mother, their sister, their whatever, we would go over and suggest to that young man that he never do that again. I was very proud to be in that group of people. They, we did not put up with this in our neighborhood. And I grew up in a very tough neighborhood, but they didn't, the men in that neighborhood did not put up with it. Wow, that is, uh, that's pretty incredible. I was so happy to, to, to just witness it. I just kind of stood in the background. There were a lot tougher guys than me that took care of it, I'll tell you that. So, you know. I'm sure they had very interesting uh, levels of persuasion. Yeah, well, they did. I don't know if you can get away with that anymore. You mean threatening to kill someone? Yeah, I don't yeah, think you probably can do not. Yeah, it might not work out anymore. You hit her and then I shoot you. Yeah, it's probably not a good way to go about it anymore. That's probably very, very true. Um, what, Robin, you've been obviously spending a lot of time studying this and reading up on it and, I don't know, the, the experience of uh, your personal life and all the rest of it. But I, I just, it just amazes me that in 2021 this is still going on. And as a matter of fact, there's been an uptick in it because, I guess, of COVID and all the rest of it. I just, I, 
I cannot understand. Like I'm looking at my wife and our son and our daughter. I can't imagine like even smacking one of them in the head with an open hand, for God's sake. Well, here's the thing about abuse. It's not always the typical abuse that we see in media, right? Oh, okay. Um, the, the broken bones and the bruises and the black eyes. Um, my novel, and it's, it's a fictional novel, it actually highlights coercive control, which includes gaslighting and manipulation um, and those more subtle forms that are not often seen as easily and not often picked up as easily. Um, so my character actually has to, Lena, the, the title character, she has to actually um, deal with a spouse who uses these techniques. And there's actually a line in the book where she goes, you know, it's not really abuse. We're just having some, you know, we're just having some a bump in our marriage. Yeah. You know, but that bump gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And like all abuse, it escalates, you know, until it turns violent. Yeah. Um, you know, but coercive control is very violent. You know, I like to think about it as a death by a thousand cuts because sooner or later your reality that you know is what you know <laughs> Um, starts to not be a reality because of the gaslighting, you know, because of the constant power struggle um, until you fully cede your power to another individual. And then, you know, as, as the victim, you're left wanting, you know, you're left unsure of so many things. Um, and that's precisely what happens with, with you know, my, my titled character in, uh, in Paper Dalina. Yeah, as I said, both our son and our daughter are here. Andy and Alex, do you, in your generation now, they're both in their early early to mid-30s, mm-hmm. do you see a lot of this? Do you hear about a lot of this, your friends, your neighbors, any of that kind of thing? No, not really. Not in any circles I'm in no. so far. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. I don't know. I just, I, yeah, it's, yeah. I wonder, I don't know how common it, like, just does it change genera- generationally? I mean, I feel like there was more. Yeah, I feel like abuse. older generations definitely saw it a lot more. Yeah, yeah I but mean, I could not, be wrong. Yeah, not that it doesn't exist, but it seems like you know, you think of like the World War II vet type yeah. people, and Comes everybody back, was traumatized. Everybody and, was an alcoholic, and yeah. everybody, you know. Yeah. yeah. But I wish that were the case. I do. I wish that were the case. But each generation has seen an uptick in domestic violence. Oh, really? Really? Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, domestic violence is not always the broken bones and the black eyes. Right. It is, yeah. it is the mind games, the mental manipulation, um, and that's really tough. You know, that's really, really tough to break from. Well, Robin, I tell you just, uh, and it's not a, a thing about domestic abuse or violence or anything, but I can tell by the look in my wife's eye when I need to pipe down. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will tell you that. My husband one time jokingly said, why don't you go make me a sandwich? And I was like, why don't you never speak again? Like, <laughs> yeah, you didn't grow up in that kind of go make me a sandwich household, did you? Uh, I, I, I volunteered at a women's shelter many, many, many years ago, and I just was always struck by the phone calls that would come in there and how these women just felt so helpless, and we never had space I mean, God. like, never had extra space yeah. because they were always full. We had to keep their um, the identity of the place secret so that the abusers mm-hmm. wouldn't come and try to get at them. And it just was, like, such a sad situation. And a lot of times the women would come in, like, for kind of like a break after a really big blowout, even though they were in a perpetual cycle of 
violence and forgiveness and the honeymoon phase and all of that that comes with it. And then they'd go back to the guy. Even though they, once they got into the shelter, they had the resources to get help and get out, and they would go back. And well, that's I, the thing. Uh, Leaving an abusive uh, situation, um, studies have shown that it takes at least seven unsuccessful tries before the victim is successful in breaking free from that abuser. Um, And, you know, we see it throughout my novel, Favorite Alina. She tries multiple times. You know, she's made up her mind, and then something happens, and she changes her mind. You know, because, let's face it, it is a cycle of abuse. Um, I personally was in a 19-year marriage that was an abusive marriage, and I can definitely say that for 19 years it wasn't all bad. Um, You know, we had some great times, which was bookended by the bad times. Um, and the abusive times, which, you know, we, which happened on a, a cyclical type thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it happens. It just, it happens way too often. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm proud that I, I wrote this book and I'm proud that I'm able to shed some light on this subject, you know, in a field, sort of in a form of entertainment, but also edutainment, you know, to where people can, can be entertained, but also have something to reflect upon so they can reflect on their own on relationships and make sure that they're healthy relationships. How much of this, Robin, is based on, because something just popped into my head, and, and after yeah. I ask you this question, sure. how often is humiliation a big part of it, to, to actually humiliate someone? Well, abuse is, you know, when, when someone takes your power and your control and you no longer have the ability to, you know, determine how you wear your hair or you no longer mm-hmm. have the ability to parent your own child the way that you think that they should be parented. I mean, it's it's a daily occasion. It's a daily thing to cede that power. You know, I mean, humiliation for you may be different from someone else, but, yeah, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I mean, how can you look in the mirror and, you know, truly face yourself and be proud of the person that you are when the person that you are is being completely torn apart on a daily on a daily basis. Yeah, the reason I asked you that question is just popped into my head when I was a little boy. Like I said, I, I did I didn't see my friends' parents get in you know even arguments. They they you know if they did disagree about something, it wasn't around the children. I never saw any one of my friends' fathers hit their mother or their whatever the situation was. I was hit when I was a little boy from my father, but he was gone by the time I was ten. But I do remember we had a neighbor, and I always thought how disgusting it was. Even as a little boy, I went, my God, this is disgusting. He had a couple of children, and whenever he punished them, he would put them in the middle of the street in the inner city and oh, beat wow. the hell out of them. Oh, right? God. So everyone could see him doing it. Ugh. It was unbelievable, Robin. Wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty terrible. But, you know, that's something that you see on the outside, Right. Yeah. So we live in a social media society where everyone posts beautiful pictures. Um, and, you know, in my book, Alina uh, actually jokes that she has a Pinterest perfect family. You know, she's hashtag family goals on the outside right. because they look perfect. You know, she's an Atlanta housewife. She's a suburban housewife. And her husband is an investment banker. And they have these two wonderful children who create a website that goes viral and, you know, on the outside, they seem like the perfect family. You know, I'm pretty sure that, 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 you know, so many people were like, huh, I don't think that that can actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, on the inside, you never really know what happens when those doors close because it can be a different situation for everyone. You know, and 
Catherine, my wife, can tell you this is true, and I learned it, I, I believe, from from uh, my friends, my older brother, that if I see some guy abusing a woman in public, I will go over and say, you need to knock that off right now or there's going to be major trouble. Now, Catherine, you've seen me do that several times. Yes. It's just not something I would put up. I can't. They're total strangers, but I am not going to stand by and watch a guy abuse a woman or a little child. I'm, I'm not yeah. going to stand and take it. Why do people put up with that? I don't know. I wish I knew. <laughs> I don't know. I feel, well, I, as as she was saying, it, you don't always know what's going on. Not yeah. everybody's a drunk in the street no, pulling right, up a right. woman's skirt. Yeah. <clears throat> right. You know. Well, and, and also, what do you do? You know, you go yeah. threaten the guy and you're getting sued for $500,000. Yeah, but he yeah, wouldn't he, live through it. Well, but it's like, well, then okay. you go to prison. I've yeah, been, exactly. <laughs> we've been in situations where we've been, you know, at Target before or something like that. And we've seen a mom or a dad like screaming at their children. Right. Screaming in their faces, veins popping, screaming. And nice. Dan and I are just like, well, yeah, what do you do? Do you go up and say like... Quit yelling at your kids. Get it together. And then he's just going to scream at us, and then it's going to cause a whole giant scene. And it's like the kids yeah. then are just going to be like, there's just going to be more screaming. And there's the kids aren't going to come out of that better. Like, no. there's no way that, oh, you take my kids because they're no. better off with you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've made, just... I've made comments at, at, at dad screaming at people in stores. I've said, you know, you need to really examine your rage issues and walked off. And, I mean, they could have, I guess, gone after me and sh hit me or screamed more. I don't know. But I just, I can't. I can't watch it either. No, you and I are, we, you, we're that. Hey, you have, look, you I have even... to think if somebody's willing to do that in public, what are they doing at home? Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, all too often, you know, abusers have two faces, you know, on, on the outside. They're wonderful politicians. And I'm not yeah, talking about, you know, right. like the career. <laughs> um, well, but they're charismatic <laughs> people. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. They're, they're charismatic people. And, you know, they're wonderful people. And, and you know, they are church leaders, you know, in, mm -hmm. in my book. Um, Lena's husband, he is, uh, you know, a scion of, of the community. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. You know, and that's typically how it happens because, I mean, that's how you're attracted to them, right? <laughs> Abuse doesn't happen within the first five minutes of a date. I mean, let's face it. Then you wouldn't continue dating the person. You wouldn't marry them. Right. Um, it's a very subtle, subtle, kind of slow-moving um, type of control that, you know, Lena ends up finding herself in, and, and unfortunately so many people find themselves in situations like that. Um, but I will say this. Uh, one way to find out that, you know, if you are in an abusive relationship or if one of your friends you suspect are in an abusive relationship, the best thing to do is ask them how they feel about themselves right. when they're with this person. Right. Because if you start feeling badly about yourself and you start not liking the person that you are when you're around that person, that's a major red flag. Yeah, that makes total sense. I, I, how much of this is grandpa did it, dad did it, and now yeah. I'm doing it? How yeah. much is that, is that involved? I can't say. I can't say, but everyone has to have their own personal responsibility for their lives. Sure, you know, at sure. the end of the day, your grandpa's not there making you have the behavior. You know, you are responsible for your behavior. So, um, you know, it, it takes some, some reflection from the abusers, which all too often they're narcissists and they don't 
quite have that right. ability to self-reflect. Now, Robin, if I'm getting too deep, just let me know. That's none of my business or whatever. But sure. But how much Alina do you think is you? I've been asked that so many times. I bet you um, have. Yes, I bet <laughs> I really you have. have. Uh, let's see. Um, I can't say a percentage, but I will say this. I, I wrote the book in nine weeks while I was still married, and I did not actually realize what I was writing until I was in revisions. And I started revising the novel and started looking at some parallels that were happening in my own life. And, you know, it really made me pick apart my personal life um, and identify things that were not normal. (laughs) You know, so Lena kind of saved my life in a sense. Um, It ended up, my my marriage ended in a, I had to take up a protective order because the abuse got got really bad. But, you know, I'm really grateful that I I was able to write the book (laughs) because Lena kind of saved my life. Um, which is wonderful. So I can't quite say, you know, if, if there's any part of me, you know, that's reflected in the book. I'm pretty sure there is. You know, every author sort of has a horcrux, you know, so to say, um, to borrow a Harry Potter term um, when it comes to writing. But, yeah, <laughs> big Harry Potter nerd over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, every writer lends themselves, you know, whether it's, you know, a fantasy or a sci-fi or something like that. You know, at the end of the day, you're putting your voice in there sure. um, somehow or another. So, I mean, I think there's some truth in, in, in the novel, but I can't quite pick out which parts. I mean, I've read it about 400 times right <laughs> so far. Sure. Um, through various rounds of edits and, and whatnot. Um, and I can't quite say which one is me and which one is Lena, but I do know that, that at the end of the day, I'm, I'm grateful for writing the story. Yeah, it must. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I just interviewed Vincent D'Onofrio, the great actor, and he revealed during the interview, and I'd never heard this, and I guess the listeners never did either, but he, he has autism. And I asked him the same question. Wow, I asked that you. makes so much sense. It does, doesn't it? It does it make so much total sense. Now. sense. <laughs> I love it, him as an actor. He's a phenomenal actor. And I said, I said, so let me ask you a question, Vincent. Is it true? Do you think that that your autism is why you're such a great actor? And he said, God, I never even thought about that. But I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, and he didn't say I'm a great actor. That's not what I mean. He didn't say whoops. He didn't say that. But I, um, he he said, yeah, I, I I'm sure it's a big part of who I am. Just the way I mm-hmm. I see things differently, I hear things differently, and therefore yeah. I can deliver a different character. Um, so many people that I've talked to lately about about that very thing about something. I was talking to a man this morning about Prince. Of course, he was from Minnesota, mm-hmm. and we talked about how he became who he was. And it, it's, it was his shyness and his sadness and his loss is why he became such a great musician and performer. Uh, the same reason that your book will probably do very, very well, because you and Lena, no matter what the percentage is, that really is Robin talking, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. That's pretty I mean, special, Robin. That's very special. I, I think it's wonderful. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm able, I've, I've gotten, the book came out last week, which is really exciting. And I've received about maybe 50 DMs on some of my socials um, from women who've actually read the book. And uh, I received it from two men, I will say that, <laughs> who actually read the book. And they were like, wow, you nailed what happened in my marriage. Yeah. And I'm not, I know I'm not crazy now. 
And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, I totally feel the same way for so many times. You know, you, you, you eventually start thinking that you're going crazy, you know, because of the gaslighting and it can't be this bad, you know, this, that didn't really happen, did it? <laughs> you know, um, but for so many people, they're able to reflect in the story and, and just really start identifying um, some things that, that have happened. I mean, abusers, they kind of all use the same playbook. I mean, I sure. hate to say it in that sense, but they're not really original or creative. So um, it's rather unfortunate. You know, the thing that I always ask about this when I, you know, because like I said, I do a morning show as well. And this show, we read stories about this, that, and the other thing about this guy. Yes, yesterday coming, uh, I think he just got out of jail, came home, and now the whole family's missing, including him. I, I, I always ask the question, Robin, and maybe this question's out of line, but I always say, well, don't they have a father or a brother or a cousin or somebody that can come over and straighten this guy out? I mean, that's always been my question, and maybe that's not a good question. I don't. What do you think? Well, Tom, I will say, abuse happens in silence. Yeah, I suppose. My dad, and I will, I will put this out there, my dad was a Green Beret for 25 years. Ooh. He did five terms in Vietnam, okay? Five tours in Vietnam. He left, he, he ended up retiring after so many years. He became uh, a sheriff um, in South Carolina and eventually an investigator for the state. Hmm. My dad is a badass, okay? I bet he is. <laughs> yeah. I bet he is, Robin. Sounds like it. My dad never knew. Yeah, I understand. I never told him. We were a perfect family whenever we were around my father. Oh, and you know? the husband and behaved. And it's rather, it happens. It happens, you know? And um, my dad was hurt when I finally had to tell him, hey, Dad, I, I sold a book, and uh, by the way, you may start finding out some things that <laughs> make you uncomfortable. You know, and it caused it caused a rift within our, our relationship, and we're just starting to get over it. And even now, you know, he bought, I think he bought about 30 copies of my book from <laughs> the bookstore down the street. Uh-huh. He lives in Tampa. Um, but he, he bought about 30 copies, and I said, Dad, I'd, I'd rather you not read any of them. You know, just have them on your bookshelf, but you're not allowed to read the book. Um, and, you know, he's not allowed to listen to some of the interviews that I've done. <laughs> like just this because one, yes. <laughs> You know, ignorance needs to be bliss with my father. But unfortunately, I mean, it happens. Abuse happens in silence. And that's the same thing that kind of happens with Lena, you know, which is why I say she lives that Pinterest perfect hashtag family goals life, right? Everybody thinks that they're the perfect family on the outside. Yeah, that does make sense. Now, uh, very quick question. The the ex-husband, since you told your father, have you seen your ex-husband or did he disappear? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because of COVID, and my father ended up having to have a hip surgery oh, uh, recently. Oh. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, jumping out of planes too much. He he had to have hip surgery sure. finally, and uh, he's not been able to travel. So um, I think that we're, we're we're he's pretty safe. <laughs> my ex-husband is safe. Well, I'm sure your ex-husband is safe for now. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you? Uh, and again, this is none of my business. I'm just asking because of the, the relationship. Do you have children with this man? Yes. Yes, we actually. And how have is that? Teenagers. How is that working out, Robin? That's got to be tough. Um, well, my kids chose to go no contact, so oh, okay. unfortunately, okay. Um, they have not seen their father or spoken to him since uh, 2019. Oh, wow. Probably for the best, don't you think? You know, all I can say is I'm grateful that uh, 
We were out of there before quarantine started. Oh, God. <laughs> because oh, I God. could not imagine. I no. uh, My heart goes out to every single person who had to stay with their abuser um, during quarantine. That makes yeah. sense. Robin, we have about another 10 minutes. Do you mind if I take a two-minute break, come back and do about seven, eight more minutes, or do you have to go? Yeah, sure thing. Oh, excellent. Robin Lucas is with us, ladies and gentlemen. Paper Doll Lena, a novel. It's available on Amazon and everywhere, as a matter of fact. we got about seven, yeah. eight minutes right after this with Robin. Thanks. Cool. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses. Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business. When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop. We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come. Tom here. If you want a family business like me or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. I know them and trust them with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy. Well, let's not get crazy, Brad. Seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender? Listen up, drivers. Are you doing the same thing every day, driving the same hours, making the same money? Well, stop and listen. Priority Courier Experts has a wide range of driving opportunities available right now. So if you're a professional driver or determined to become one, we can show you the benefits of partnering with Priority. Hey, Forrest, can you tell the good drivers of the Twin Cities which vehicles Priority has available in their lease-to-own program? Well, I'd really like my friend Bubba to help me with this. Forest, we have dock trucks, tractor-trailer trucks, flatbed trucks, curtain-side dock trucks, flatbed Moffat trucks, Ford Transit and Transit Connect Vans trucks. Hey, Forrest, shouldn't we have a shrimp truck? Bubba, I think you're on to something there. There you have it. Every kind of vehicle you could imagine, all doing same-day deliveries in town. Call Priority right now, and we'll get you on the road. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Paper Doll Lena, a novel. It's available on Amazon. Robin Lucas, L-U-C-A-S. Robin, we have seven minutes left, and I would basically like to sit back and hear your 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 take on the entire thing, how the book is doing. Are you really happy? How's life now? It's got to be tough on the kids never seeing their dad, but they made that choice, so that's, uh, that's pretty solid. So I just want to sit back and listen to about a six- or seven-minute dissertation on how do we get past all of this? Is there any answer? Oh, wow, I feel some pressure. I was going to say, <laughs> no, yeah. no pressure or anything. Wow. Dissertation. Wow. Yes. Come on, You've just been assigned oh, boy, being the spokes. Ready yeah. Go. yeah, you're the <laughs> spokesperson to solve all abuse. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. a writer. No, I know. Is there a path? <laughs> Good luck. I guess I'm just asking, <laughs> is there a path, Robin? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Well, I think the, the most important thing, and the first thing that we actually need to do, is we need to talk about it. You know, it's like the whole mental health um, uptick in the last few years. You know, my, my kids, they created an app. It ended up going viral. It's crazy um, how, how it happened. Um, and, you know, 
they're mental health advocates and they, they, prior to COVID, they used to travel all the time and talk about mental health. Um, and I, I'd like to think about domestic violence, sort of like how we have brought mental health out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not afraid to talk about mental health the way that we, we've been afraid the last 10 years, you know? So let's talk about mental health. Let's shine the light on it. I mean, talk about domestic violence. Let's shine the light on that subject. Let, let's actually, you know, have more books like mine. I mean, it is a fictional novel, you know, which makes it easier for people to read, which makes it easier for people to, you know, pick up and say, gee, I think I want to be entertained. But in being entertained, they're also being educated, you know, in a sense. Um, so I really do feel like the the primary thing that we need to do is talk about it. Let's Let's start having people who share their stories. You know, I mean, that's what we definitely need. Um, and as far as the success of my book so far, I am thrilled. I just checked my stats, and I am the number one release for uh, Southern Fiction, and I have finally, I can finally say that I have beat Dolly Parton at something. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) And I love Dolly Parton, you know. (laughs) But um, I'm, like, number one, and she's number three, and I I had to take a screenshot of that because I thought that that was so funny. Like, oh, my God, I beat Dolly Parton at something. Um, I'm pretty sure that that'll last, like, five minutes. But, hey, I, I took a screenshot shot and it, it happened right yep. if, if you don't have a photo of it it didn't happen so <laughs> that's great when's the amusement I was able park? to capture that which was really cool <laughs> when do you open robin wood the amusement park she has dollywood you can open robin wood now <laughs> yeah i don't know it might yeah. be too traumatic <laughs> yeah it'd be a bit too much how did you how did you, you must have a very strong birth family because you you have such a great attitude about all this well, thank you. Thank you. You know, I always think it could be worse. You know, no yeah. matter what happens, yeah. you you can fight until you don't have a breath in your body. And I think that that's so important. I teach my kids that, you know, they can come home and they have, you know, they have issues. Teenagers have it really, really hard nowadays, especially, you know, in COVID. My daughter had to graduate um, in 2020. If she wasn't sure if she was going to have a graduation, her graduation got pushed back till July. Mm-hmm. She ended up having a virtual prom. I mean, mm. which really sucked. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, it could have been worse. She could have been in the hospital. We could have had to deal with the ICU. And, you know, with so many people struggling right now, I mean, you just have to, to look at the little things that are going on in your life and just be thankful for them. No doubt about it. I do notice uh, your your book came out September 1st in advance of Domestic Violence Awareness Month in October. Why did they pick October for domestic uh, abuse awareness or domestic violence? I have absolutely no idea. I wonder why (laughs) leading into the holiday season, you know. Well, well, those are stressors. Yeah, Yeah, they are. And winter, people are shut up. And winter, yep. That's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> so that does make sense because you got you got Halloween and then you got Thanksgiving and then you got Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever and you got New Year's. Yeah, you're right. The stressors are all there for, you know, maybe a little heavier drinking and maybe a little yeah. bad behavior. Well, plus typically you'll see your family around those times, right? So if you notice some some differences or if you notice you know a family member maybe pulling away because, like I said, abuse happens in in in, in silence. Silence can be isolation, you know. I was isolated from my family for a long time. Um, so it also brings awareness, you know. If you notice a family member is, is isolating or if they're pulling away from, from the family or they just seem a little different, have that conversation. You know, hey, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you want to talk about it? 
Of course, they're going to use the F word. I'm fine. Everybody <laughs> says I'm fine when they're not, right? Right, right. But as long as you do it in a loving manner, in a non-judgmental kind of way, and just let them know that you're there no matter what, they'll eventually come around. The book is called Paper Doll Lena, a novel. It's available on Amazon and everywhere. Robin Lucas, R-O-B-Y-N, last name L-U-C-A-S. Robin, you're a terrific, uh, terrific guest because you're a very strong person. Again, great birth family, and your children support you uh, a hell of a bit. We've learned a lot today from you, Robin. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Well, come back soon. I want to know how the book, I want to know who else you beat out on the bestseller list. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Robin Lucas. I, I just, man, that stuff upsets me. I know. It's very upsetting. Well, yeah, because it's like, you know, I'm sure it all, it all just comes down to the whole control thing. I think for a lot of people. It would be a great idea for junior high students to spend some time on looking at what healthy relationships yeah. are like. Yeah, I yeah. bet you're right. I thought it was very, very funny because I can't, you know, just, I mean, it's funny to me because it's so ludicrous and outrageous, the fact that, that, you know, when I met, the day I met you, I knew you wouldn't put up with stuff like that. Not that I would ever do that anyway, but I'm attracted to you because you're such a strong woman. Well, that's only half of the equation. I mean, you know, you have to have uh, people that can deal with their emotions and their anger and all this stuff in healthy ways. Yeah, because it's like people drink too much. They're yeah, abusive. Yeah, they do yeah. drugs. They rage. They carry on. They're you know. I mean, a lot of people cannot handle their emotions in right. acceptable ways. It's just mind-boggling. Well, because I mean, everybody has their like tough emotions that they don't know how to deal with a lot yeah. of the time. But in those cases, it's yeah, it's just taken out in a dangerous way rather than you know i don't know because some people it's like they avoid their emotions and run away from them all the time and blah 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 blah. but it's like at least you're not hurting anybody well your father is a talker yeah and whenever he has an emotion he likes to talk about it me too and talk about it he's an no he's an External. Verbal abuse. He is He's an, an external, external processor, processor yes. which I am too. Which I'm, I'm internal first at first, and then external. It's like yeah. once I figure out how I exactly feel about it, yeah. then I want to talk about it. Because yeah. sometimes I'm like, I don't really know how I feel about this until I step back from the situation. Yeah. Because I've got to process both sides of of the story for mm-hmm. me to know what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I don't do a lot of knee jerk stuff unless it's just like so blatantly obvious that yeah. somebody's being hurtful that I can't. Well, I used ignore it. to be a lot more of an external processor, like Dad, and it was like you couldn't figure out how you felt about it until you were just kind of talking about it over and over. And like the more that you talked about it, that's why you like say the same kind of stuff over and over again because then you're realizing what's actually happening and it's like oh okay now i'm understanding and i used to be a lot more like that now i'm more like you where i'm internal at first and then external where i have to talk about it like whereas dan if there's a problem it's like doesn't really want to talk about it and then we talk about it for like a little bit and then he's like i'm good like he just settles he's just like i'm fine it's all good. And I'm like, I need more time to talk. You don't even need to talk. I'll just talk at you. But I need right, exactly. to verbalize something. Yeah. And that's, what, that's what's nice about having friends, too. Because sometimes friends are really good just, you know, I've just, oh, yeah. this happened. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel this way. Do you think I'm justified in feeling this way? Oh, absolutely. And of course, if they're a friend, they agree with everything you say. <laughs> well, I, there have been situations where there was one a couple weeks ago where I went to two of my friends and I was like, okay, you need to tell me if I'm being ridiculous in this situation that I had in exchange with another friend. And I was like, am I the one that's being ridiculous or is she being ridiculous? Like, I need an opinion yeah. because I need to know yeah, how to feedback yeah, out there and yeah. like be honest with me. Don't just tell me I'm right. Cause you're my friend. Like I want to know if I'm being defensive or like whatever, you know? Yeah. Turns out they both said that I was right. So. Oh, <laughs> well, but sometimes dealing with women, I have to say women will be supportive of you. Even when you're wrong. A lot of times. One of the, one of the people I asked was a man. Oh, Oh, well that's good. I like that idea mm-hmm. because a lot of times women will just like agree just because they're afraid that if they don't, then you're going to get mad at them. Well, I think everyone does that. It's like, it's your friend. You've got to be supportive no matter what. See, I'm always like, don't ask. When people say, can yeah. I ask your opinion? I say, don't ask me ever. Because mm. I'm very honest with my opinions. No one ever opinions. asks my opinion. And that's why. <laughs> they know that I'm going to tell like well, it is. Like, you usually don't have much of an opinion. Like, well, I've ne- I don't ask true. for your opinion on things because usually it's like, it's fine. So it's like, okay, that's helpful. <laughs> like, wow, way to help me out there, bro. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, like, and I tell, like, there are certain friends where it's like, you know, do you want me to just listen to you? Do you want me to offer how, like, what I think? Do you want me to just agree with you? Like, yeah, what do you want? Some people don't want a solution. Yeah, some they people just want to talk and complain. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, we all have been there. Yeah, sometimes people just need to vent, yeah. and that's okay, too. Yeah, and so I usually, before anything, ha- like, starts, I'm like, okay, what do you want from me? Because mm-hmm. then I know, because mm. I don't want to irritate you further, but if you want advice, I'll give it to you, but if you just want me to sit here and nod at you, I'll do that, too. Yeah. I know. And, and also, just dealing with, you know, family members, when you've got an issue within the family, oh, that can be also a loaded gun. You've oh, got to be very careful about exhausting. a lot of stuff. You can't just go off on all your feelings. Oh, yeah. You really can't. No. I would imagine that's probably true. So, I, I You just, would imagine. I think you've been, you've been in the trenches on that I one. Say. <laughs> yeah, well. He was six guys. I was trying to think. Nobody that I hung out with when I was a kid hit their wife or kids that or I that you know of. know of. Yeah. Okay, well, I guess that was my question. Do they? Are families really good at hiding this because of embarrassment? Yes, well, that's what she just said. She yeah, there's I mean, a lot it of from shame. Her father, yeah. like it yeah. happens in silence. People, you have no idea. But why? Because there's a lot of shame involved with you know. Why? Because then you have to admit that somebody's taking over your power and making you feel like crap and that you're not you know that you're not strong enough to deal with it yourself yeah and there's a lot of shame like yeah there's a lot of shame and i feel like a lot people that have healthy divorces there's shame in divorce because you're like oh i couldn't make it work yeah, failed i failure. failed my marriage right. blah, blah, blah. but that's like you know even though they know upset. that it's the healthy thing to do mm-hmm. and it was a positive experience as positive as a divorce can be there's yeah, and so I can't even imagine in this type of situation, there's just so much more added on to it. Because it's like, I mean, yeah, anytime you have an argument with your spouse or an argument with your friend, you don't go running to all your other friends usually and say like, well, this happened with this person because you want them to like your friend or yeah. your spouse. And so, because I mean, I know I I had friends that it's like, 
I used to hate their boyfriends, not because they, I never have had a friend that I know of that has been verbally or physically abused, but just like, you know, they'd argue all the time and the boyfriend was just so like needy and whiny and whatever. And then they ended up getting married and it's like, whatever. And then now they're like wonderful husbands that are, cause it's just like, they grew, grew out of yeah. their whatever. And I don't know, but yeah, I, I know that there are a good amount of people cause I've seen it a few times, people that just go on mom groups on Facebook and say like, this happened. I need help. No. Oh, man. Cause it's just kind of like, it's not anonymous obviously cause it's connected to your Facebook, but it's like, they know that their husband won't see it cause it's on a mom group. Oh, right, yeah. And so I actually have a friend that was on one of these mom groups, and somebody said, like, I, my husband is abusive. I need something or someone to help me. And she, like, took care of this person and got them an apartment and furniture. Huh? And she hmm. asked for, they had, she had two or three kids, and they needed kids' clothes and all this stuff because she was, like, she just up and ran. And she was like, we have no money. We have nothing. Yeah, a lot of God. people have nowhere to go and they have no resources. Is yeah. money pro- part of the uh, yeah. lack huge. of money is a huge part huge. of it? Yeah, because a lot of times the man, who, the abuser controls how many friends you have, yeah. which friends you God. have. If you have how, any friends at all. It, like she was talking about seeing your family, even if you can see your family. If you can have a job. They hate all their friends. They don't want them to have friends. They control all the money. They control everything. Because yeah, usually by the point Same. where they get to being like really abusive and the people and the women usually, you know, get to the point where they're like, I'm leaving. They're so isolated that they're like, I have nowhere to go. I don't have any friends anymore. I don't have a job. I don't have my own money. I don't have, like, they have nothing. Yeah. And so it's scary. Credit cards are in both of their names, so they can be canceled. Yeah. Right. And so it's scary. Like, this woman, like, lived in her car with three kids for, like, five days because she had no God. money to go any, she couldn't get a hotel room. She couldn't, you know. And so money's a huge part of it. Yeah. And just. Well, and, and look at that woman, America, that got her head cut off her here head cut in off Minnesota. She had an abusive relationship, but she kept going back to I him know. and she supported mm-hmm. him. She was the day that he killed her, the day he murdered her. She was supposed to be she was trying to get him to a courthouse right, for exactly. a hearing. Yep. It's uh-huh. exactly it. Like I said, I met America a couple of times. I didn't really know her, but I met her a couple of times. And she just she changed her name to she was from Cuba originally. Changed her name to America because she was so grateful that America took her in. Totally different than your Elon Omar types, if you know what I'm yeah. saying. <clears throat> Look, I, I just, I don't understand oh. why, why this happened. And, well, you know, it's interesting because it just occurred to me, you know, this whole can- cancel culture that we're in, that's yeah. all abusive behavior. No it's doubt incredibly about it. Incredibly abusive. But yet people abusive. just jump yeah. on that bandwagon and are waving the flag for it. You need to yep. shut well, up. And I yeah. asked people that. You know, I, I had one guy one time come in, you know, you got, he started barking at me. I said, let me ask you a question. You don't like my show. That's your business. Why do you have to hurt my wife, my son, and my daughter? Don't you ever think about your, who you're hurting? Not just me. No. Uh, why don't you think about my wife, my son, and my daughter? Why don't you think about my family at all? How is it all right with you that you're, you're hurting them? 
Once again, nobody's processing what they're actually thinking. Everybody's just, it's a, it, when it's a knee-jerk reaction, and it's usually anger, yep. they don't care about who they're hurting. They just, they feel bad, so they have to make other people feel bad. Yeah. That's what the yep. process is. That's humanity. That is going to do it for the first hour. That, Robin Lucas, thank you so much for, for coming on. That, that is true. One thing I will say in closing is I never knew one guy who was a truly strong man who would do that. I'm sure there are some, but I never knew any of them. Oh, they're usually weasels. That's what, Dan. We, this poor guy. We were at a park yesterday, and he was just like one of those guys that's like he was bigger, but he was really overweight, and he had like the big beard. Oh yeah. And Dan was like, "Those are the guys that the are always club like bouncer type." Exactly. Yeah. And he's and Dan was like, "Those are the guys that are always like, oh, I don't want to mess with that guy." And he's like. You run half a block and they can't they breathe, can't anymore. breathe and anymore. He's like, "How yeah. would you? You have no muscle, sir. You're all fat. <laughs> like, why are you intimidating to me?" Exactly. Yeah. We will take a break. Taylor Tomlinson. I love Taylor. Taylor Tomlinson is our guest next hour with the family.